This episode of Aphorisms is recorded in London, the colonial capital, and on the unceded lands of the Gadigal and Wongal peoples. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and future. Oh hey there, welcome back to Aphorisms. Um, This is episode 8, not sure if you noticed or not, but we did in fact miss last week um, because our lives were in turmoil. But as usually happens, um, when you're having a bit of a moment, you turn a corner and things kind of fall into place. So this week, both Maddie and I are in a much more positive space, um, both personally and just with good things happening in the world of Real Housewives, most importantly. We have a brand new franchise to celebrate. Plus, um, we've made the mutual decision to let go of an old franchise. So making positive changes for both of us, me and Maddie, this week. Plus, we have the Craft Legacy movie to talk about um, because we really enjoyed talking about witchy shit. So if you have any recommendations for us, please let us know. And as always, if you have any questions for us, please let us know. Um, Hope you enjoy this week's episode. It's full of good things. Um, Have a great week. Good morning, Maddie. Good evening, Af. How are you going? Good. Oh my god. Sorry, that was Chuck. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. It's Friday the 13th where I am, so I'm feeling like particularly witchy. Um, That's so good because we miss, we sort of miss spooky season, so we get like a spooky season revisit for this episode. True. Oh yeah, we missed last did we miss spooky season? We must have missed spooky season. We also missed my birthday, which was last week. Yes, happy birthday for last week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I spent the day moving into a new flat, but then also getting really drunk on our new balcony with tequila shots um, and dancing in our living room. I don't think I've spoken about my obsession on this podcast with Ava Max. Have I told you about Ava Max? I'm sorry, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> She sings that song, Sweet, Sweet But Psycho. You know that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, she also has know. she has so many bangers, so many bangers, and she just mm-hmm. released her album. Mm-hmm. And so we just listened to her on, like, repeat and danced around the living room. Um, and it was really, really fun. And I have to say this publicly because I still am not over it. Sorry, you didn't even ask me how my birthday was. Can I talk about my birthday? Yes. Yeah, I did, I did ask you. Uh... <laughs> well, I just started talking about it. Um <laughs> I've talked. I know you and I have talked before about how shit people are giving presents in life, and so I've come uh-huh. to have very low expectations just of my life. Uh-huh. Anytime it's a gift time, you're pretty good at uh-huh. it. You give nice presents. You got me a Scorpio necklace uh-huh. last year, um, but my girlfriend just exceeded everyone and shut all over presents for the rest of life because she got me the Liberty Beauty Advent Calendar. Now I had hinted heavily at the fact that I wanted a beauty advent calendar. But she uh-huh. was very good at being like, oh, what was it again? Oh, I didn't know you had to pre-order it. And fully stressing me out. And so I like, I didn't even give her the most expensive options. I was just like, this is an option and this is an option and these are some good ones. But that bitch did her research and she was like, I didn't recognize any of the brands in those other ones, but I've seen all the stuff in Liberty like around your house. So I got you that one without even me telling her. Yes. Yes. I was just saying it's sitting behind me as we speak. And literally every time I turn around, I'm like, mm, I want to open it, but I can't start yet. 
Does it start on December 1st, like a regular? Yeah, it starts on December 1st, and then you find, like, beauty products and skincare in it every day. It's got 19 full-size ones in the calendar, which is just insane. Excellent. Anyway, so that was my birthday weekend. (laughs) Yes, it sounds nice. And also I'd like to say on behalf of butchers everywhere, (laughs) well done, Kim. Um, Butchers, as we know, are sometimes useless. and (laughs) Love love it. Kim, I really appreciate this sort of uh, representation in terms of effort and thoughtfulness. She is so thoughtful. And then she was like, oh, this is really – because she just saw how excited I was for the rest of the weekend and was like, I'll never be able to top this, will I? I'm like, what are you talking about? It comes out every year. (laughs) (laughs) So we're sorted. That's so cute. I also wanted to say that it's it's NADOC week this week. It is. over here and um NADOC week uh for those that don't live in Australia or that do probably and don't know about it um is a week where um non-Indigenous people are encouraged to observe um Indigenous culture and heritage in Australia and it's usually in July but it was moved to November this year because of COVID because there's a lot of events and parties and stuff like that as part of NADOC week and yeah, I just want to say I acknowledge that. And also um, another shout out for Skid Row. Um, they're still fundraising. Um, if mm. you live in Sydney, Grumpy Donuts has a NADOC Week donut, please. I saw that. It looks so good. <laughs> yes, I think it's like dark chocolate and um, salted mm. Davidson plum, which is like mm. salty Davidson plums are like my fave. They're so delicious. Um, mm. So yes, please. And even if you can't buy a donut, please support Radio Skid Row. Happy mm-hmm. NADOC week to all my mob. Love you. Love that. What a good positive start for the week. It's only yes. downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but also some other good news. Oh, no, like we need to do horoscopes first, but I'm just like so pumped about Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm so pumped. I just need to ease, ease off for a second. It's astrology hacks first. Astrology hacks. Which is why I need to get it up because I still don't have it open on my phone. Oh, also, one more bit of good news that I can stop banging on about now is I got my fucking visa approved. So I'm staying in London um, for the foreseeable future, which is really exciting. I don't have to move my life around. Yay. Yay. That's so exciting. Sorry, I interrupted you with my yay. I was just really excited for you. Okay, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Um, and also, like, not sadness that I'm not coming home. I thought we were friends. We are friends, but you don't have to come home and be miserable for us to be friends. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay, I've got my horoscope up. As always, I get my horoscope, my daily horoscope from Scorpio Mystique, um, which is written by Dose Via, right? Dose Via. Yeah, love her. Um, and it's quite, I think it's going to be a positive one because I feel very positive. It has to be. Um, we've made it to the end of Mars retrograde. I didn't even know we were in Mars retrograde. <laughs> um, while there will still be a post shadow period that will fill these next few weeks, we can take a deep breath and celebrate the fact that even though the planet of action wasn't traveling at its regular capacity, we were able to listen to its guidance and rewrite our own selves in a way that allows to realize what actually serves us and why. Oh, I didn't even realise that was happening. <laughs> no one talks about Mars retrograde. Mercury gets all the fucking glories. That sounds great. Did I do that? Yeah, I think I did do that. I also just had a very big week. 
So I feel like no matter what this is, I'm going to be like, I was transformed, yes, by whatever happened in the stars. Because um, uh-huh. I also moved house on uh-huh. my birthday. <laughs> Fun day. Um, it says, we may feel like we've changed both gradually and radically since Mars retrograde began on September 9th. Be kind to this new self that's emerged, especially since the Scorpio new moon is right around the corner, encouraging you to fully embrace your rebirth. Ugh, incredible. I'm right on the edge of embracing this already. I do feel like I literally have talked to people this week who were like, you seem like you've very much turned a corner. And I think that means that I'm not like on the edge of tears all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and my skin has cleared up. I honestly yeah. feel like from the inside out, my whole life just started to turn around last week. Um, yeah, for sure. Which is great. And then it says, things are going to start picking up for you, Scorpio, and all that you've been visualizing is about to fall right into your lap. You've put in work to get to this place, so keep making room for your blessings and accept them once they arrive. I fucking knew this was going to be a positive one. Yes, I do accept my blessings. Give them to me. <laughs> I am visualizing a lot of money. <laughs> um, Yeah, I do feel like that's what happened to me this week. I got something that I wanted for a very... Everything kind of fell into place exactly in the order I needed it to and was hoping for. Uh-huh. I got my visa last Thursday, signed a contract for my new job on Thursday, moved into my uh-huh. flat on Saturday, and I got the Liberty Advent Calendar on Sunday. So, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> so good. So good. When's it going to fall down? I don't know, but apparently the, the, the turn has come. That's such a Scorpio sentiment to be like, if anything good happens, something bad is coming immediately after. Well, it yeah. may. <laughs> How long can it be positive <laughs> for? That's just facts of life. <laughs> All right. Yeah, my horoscope also mentioned Mars being in rec- retrograde and um, that the the planet of assertion is going direct today. So any frustrations, reversals, lack of direction, build up tensions or misdirected anger. Wow. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> we'll start to release and we'll begin to feel more forward movement. And it will take a couple of days uh, though, before like things will pick up pace. And it says that I'll feel more full of energy as the days go by. And if I haven't been putting a lot of work into projects, um, I should start to basically, and they'll start to go smoothly. <laughs> and my, the last sentence just says, trust you are coming out of the dark. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that sounds intense. That was a very similar sentiment to yours. Although mine was more like, stop being mad and do your job. <laughs> well, do it. Do that. You're right. You're right. I probably shouldn't do that. Do you th- anything else resonate with you? Um, yeah. Well, I feel like we both just had during um, Mercury and retrograde, we had a huge period of change and just in our lives in terms of like functional stuff, like housing and jobs mm. and et cetera. Et cetera. All the things you're not supposed to do, by the way, during Mercury retrograde, you shouldn't sign new contracts. You shouldn't move house. You should review and refresh existing things. Like, uh-huh, so we uh-huh. did all of it wrong. <laughs> I also think, um, I don't know if this is, I'm making this up. And again, we are hacks at astrology and we do not know what we're talking uh-huh. about. But um, I'm not sure if sometimes we have quite similar um, horoscopes because A, it's just what's happening in the universe with the stars and the moon, whatever. And B, because uh-huh. you and I are sister signs, Taurus and Scorpio are complementary. I think sometimes uh-huh. maybe 
the stars of the moon, that kind of shit is affected by the fact that we have similar temperaments and maybe that's why it's, sometimes it's similar? Yeah, that, well, to reckon? me that makes sense. Yeah, I reckon that, <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Great. Astrology hacks. <laughs> Astrology hacks. Again, um, sorry, my horoscope was from No, no Taurus and that is um, also from Josevia of No the Zodiac. And just thank you to her for her horoscopes because we enjoy them every week on this podcast. Every, not even every week, every day. I read them every single day and I get... I've signed up to the Scorpio Mystique weekly email, so I know what's going on in my life, what's uh-huh. coming ahead for the week. So, yeah, I just, I owe a lot to her. <laughs> if I ever meet her one day, I'm going to be, like, giddy with excitement. Yeah, you'll just be, like, talk her ear off and everything. <laughs> you'll be, like, tell me everything. Probably. <laughs> well, that's all I have, I think, in witchy world. Has anything witchy happened? Yes. I don't think so. We'll come back to witchy world after... Oh, yeah, we've got some witchy shit to talk about. Um, let's just mainline right into Housewives then because we have a lot to discuss. This yes. week was wonderful. Like, so first of all, I've given up on OC. I'm happy to let that done go. With, we're done with it. I'm we won't be watching that again. So done. It's the same every episode. Hope Bronwyn is good. I wish Emily wasn't on the dark side. Peace, OC. Don't want to do any, like any nothing to do with you anymore. <laughs> like we're, uh-huh, I'm, uh-huh. I'm past it. Unless they bring back Heather Dubrow, I don't need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, we're done with it. We're not watching that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and part of that is because Potomac is so fucking good. So good. So we have two episodes to catch up on because last week the universe was a mess, as we've just uh-huh. discussed, but. It was a bit of a filler episode anyway. Um, not uh-huh. a lot happened in last week's episode of Potomac, which is episode 14 of season five. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, just one thing that <laughs> I know I talked about this to you, but it's still in my head. Robin had all the women do a photo shoot for her company, like embellished with the hats and stuff to market her uh-huh. um, brand. And I just, <laughs> I wanted to know, do you reckon they all pay each other for that? Because I reckon having a whole suite of housewives being in your marketing campaign is a lot better than not having anyone in there do you know what i mean like it's probably really good or do they just do it all for each other and it's like a handshake kind of wink wink we all support each other in this kind of thing Uh i reckon it's like a reciprocal arrangement or something to do with the housewives but if anybody knows and wants to write into us about (laughs) that please honestly couldn't stop thinking about it i was just like she got everyone involved even karen wearing that dumb hat um, anyway, they also talk about Karen wanting her money back from Ray because she drunkenly revealed that at the lake house to uh-huh. Wendy and Robin, I think. And Wendy told the others. Uh-huh. And so that uh-huh. caused kind of a rift. The only reason I'm mentioning that is because it kind of caused a rift between Wendy and, um, fucking Karen. Um, and Wendy was basically forced to once again mention her four degrees and the fact that she's not ignorant. She knows what she's talking about. And I honestly just reckon she got four degrees to talk about the fact that she got four degrees. <laughs> she doesn't stop. I can't be happy for her because of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, at the risk of sounding like Wendy, um, <laughs> I I understand where she's coming from because, you know, it is it's hard to achieve what she's achieved. So I think that she kind of 
um, she kind of has achieved what she's achieved because she had something to prove. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't, I guess it doesn't surprise me and it sort of makes sense to me that she brings it up um, when people accuse her of being ignorant or talk down to her or something like that. And I just want to say that I was, I loved um, your last episode with Hannah and oh. like Hannah brought so much stuff because Hannah to my was attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was so good. Like Hannah's insights are so interesting and um, yeah, definitely like also um, the way that, Car- that Ka- sorry, Karen was mocking how Wendy walked down the stairs and like everyone on all like the green eyed monsters were like laughing along and like, you know, I feel like with the, what happened with Monique, um, as Hannah pointed out, like, um, there was some like colorism involved with like how the women were treating Monique and even treating Candace, um, to do with this fight. And, you know, then like Wendy was sort of siding with them and being like on that, you know, as you mentioned, the like sort of respectability politics train. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hannah just was like, you know, look where that got Wendy in the end because then all that mob just ended up turned on Wendy when Monique and Candace weren't around. Um, yeah. So that's sort of what's happened, I, f- I think, in the last couple of episodes. What do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I, t- I totally get it. And I think this is the problem with me and you, or the good thing about me and you is, is that I'm not very nice and you're always looking for the like positive aspects of people. And I, I'm just irritated by Wendy a little bit. Um, uh-huh. But I also hate Giselle and the Green Eyed Monsters. So I would still yes. pick Wendy over them. Yes. Well, I thought, so do you want to talk? So we also, we're recapping episode 14 and 15 this week. So I feel like we can talk about um, the Green Eyed Monsters little rift around Giselle and Jamal's relationship. And we that, will. Uh, occurred in episode 15. We will. I just quickly want to say, you fucking know it's a good episode of Housewives when there's a two days later. And that's what uh, happened in yes. episode 14. And I just got like a like a shiver down my spine because I was like, oh my God, what happened? And the two days later, of course, was Monique filed counter assault charges against Candace. Um, and then we just see Candace reacting and then it goes to the new episode. And I just wanted to uh-huh. say that because nothing, nothing brings me more joy than it two days later or something or three months earlier, whatever on the housewives, you know, it's going to be good. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> can I just say, I know Hannah, Hannah also was quite insightful about Chris and Candace's relationship last episode. And, um, as a person that is not in a relationship with a man, maybe I don't still don't understand Chris and Candace's dynamic, but this episode when Candace was flipping out because Monique was pressing counter charges and Chris was lying on that fucking recliner, I was like, get up. Like, get up. You're so fucking useless, mate. <laughs> Honestly, like, lesbians would not be like that in the same situation. It would be, like, a totally different response. Um, I, know. I know. You'd be like, right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Who should I get? Also, do you want a cup of tea? Maybe a quick cuddle? Like... <laughs> what do you need? It would be like you'll be like, spring out that chair into action. Time to go. You know? Yeah. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, are you asleep? Wake up, Chris. Fucking useless. <laughs> First of all, it's probably because he's friends with Monique's husband's name is Chris too, right? I'm, I'm gonna say sorry. I'm gonna say it's Chris as well. 
He's friends with them, plus secondary. I think he's just used to seeing her react that way to a lot of things. However, context clues, mate. Like, she's being sued, like, counter-sued for a time that she got assaulted. Like, this is different. Uh (laughs) Read the room. Uh (laughs) Get up. Uh Uh Get up. I know, that fucking slayed me. me. I knew you would have Uh hated that. Um, (laughs) Also, I'm really confused. So I think she counter-sued, not pressed charges counter charges they've this is a lawsuit right okay i'm not i'm not sure sorry i think so but anyway um i got really excited because not only did we get two days later in this episode but we also got the whiff of a upcoming trip which was you know bang on time we're going to episode 15 and i got really uh-huh. excited because i thought finally monique and candace are gonna have to like sit i was about to say duke it out but they already did that um they were gonna have to be face to face again uh-huh. And see each other, but they're not because uh-huh. Monique wasn't invited to the trip. Obviously, I just don't know why I didn't see that coming. Like, obviously, she wasn't going to be invited. No, I didn't think she would be invited. And then, so Karen and Monique had coffee, and Karen told Monique she wasn't invited. But even Monique wasn't surprised. So yeah, no. But even during that coffee, she was so funny. She's like really disappointed that Karen didn't come to see her um, recording her live podcast because. She found it really therapeutic and it shows how much she's changed. I'm like, you're putting a lot of weight into this random one podcast episode that you recorded for changing who you are as a person. Like, a lot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. As- Look, yeah, and um, what Hannah said uh, last week is bang on. Like, the problem isn't that Monique had the fight. The problem is how Monique's behaving after the fight. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a lot of patience for Monique in this process and I still do like I'm never ready to write a person off in a situation like this but Monique come on mate the behavior's not been great <laughs> it's been pretty abhorrent and I don't say that word ever and I'm not sure if I said it correctly but I think it's applicable here yeah I agree great so we can move now to episode 15 um yeah where they just like the girls are going to Portugal but um before for that, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah, Ashley is leaving Michael at home with the baby. She's not bringing baby Dean this time. Um, and she's like, you know, make sure you behave, blah, blah, blah. And then there's still going to be a nanny there and everything. But anyway, she was like weirdly trusting of Michael, but not really. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then they go to Portugal. I think that's all that happens before Portugal. Then they're in Portugal. Well, they're in Madeira, which is an island off Portugal. Right. Okay. I was so happy to see people go on holidays in this episode. Like it was so exciting for me because I really would love to <laughs> go on holidays. Um, so thank you, Housewives of Potomac, for taking us on holidays. In was it like 15. porn? We really needed it. We just it like, was so oh, look at them on a therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Um, well, while they're in Portugal, I think the first dinner they have, can I just mention, Karen is clearly deciding not to drink on this trip because of the oversharing she does um, or uh-huh. has did at the lake house and exclusively so far has been sipping milk with a straw, even at dinner while everyone's drinking booze. And it's so disgusting because I can't drink milk by itself and it's all I can notice. I am so confused as to why I did not notice Karen was drinking exclusively milk. This That's what you're saying. Yeah, milk with a straw. Go back, have a look. It's all I can feel. 
focus on. Um, but anyway, they go to dinner and Giselle is once again in a monstrosity of an outfit. I'm talking a fucking rhinestone green and red headband, a pink shirt, I think with like a pussy bow around the neck. And there's something bad on the bottom as well, but I forgot what it was. Anyway, I just remember being like, ugh, every time she revealed part of her outfit. Um, whatever. They, uh-huh. Karen kind of makes a comment. And as Ashley pointed out, Karen has been like waiting for years to be able to have a dig at Giselle because Giselle constantly like comes for Karen. Um, uh-huh. And she was basically like, how can we never see Jamal? Where's Jamal? Jamal, of course, uh-huh. being the pastor that... Giselle used to be married to and is now dating again, who even her daughters don't like. Um, and he lives in another state. So he's not around very often. And Karen's like, we all have to share our lives. You come for everybody else's relationship, but we don't even see him, let alone like you sharing details about him kind of thing. Um, and uh-huh. even Robin, even Robin, the other green eyed bandit is like, she's right, Giselle. It's a fact. Uh-huh. Like, we all share. If he loves you, where is he? Kind of thing. Um, and Giselle's just not having any of it. She's like, well, you don't have to have sex with him. What do you just get, basically? Uh-huh. <laughs> what did you think about this? <laughs> um, I was quite bored by it. I don't like Jamal. I don't care for yeah. him. I don't care for Giselle, though, either. So I'm kind of like, they can have each other if they really want to. Um, uh-huh. But I've noticed it is like a recurring theme from season to season across all franchises when one person kind of shields a part of their life from the rest of it. The rest of them have like their backup. Cause like, well, we have to share everything about our lives. Why do you not have to reveal anything? You know what I mean? Like, it's like a, uh-huh. we all have to air our dirty laundry. You shouldn't be allowed uh-huh. to kind of hide behind yours or hide yours. Uh-huh. True. Was it episode 13 or 14 when um, Jamal and Giselle had that combo in the car? 13. 13. That combo was so weird. Like, um, yeah, they were in the car and he was basically like, because you didn't tell me what you explicitly, specifically word for word wanted. I was like, whatever. Like it was on her, the onus was on her to define their relationship, not her actions or anything like that. Yeah. Look, I, Jamal clearly, like I said to you before, Jamal clearly has a silver tongue and he needs to be watched very carefully. Um, yeah. if I was his partner, I'd be like, excuse you. <laughs> You yeah. can be under twenty four seven supervision. <laughs> yeah, totally. Especially after the way their marriage ended last time. Uh-huh. But that's just me. I'm a Scorpio, and I already have trust issues. Um, True. <laughs> okay, that was quick. Um, <laughs> speaking of trust issues, Ashley, as I mentioned, has left Michael the corpse Darby alone at home uh-huh. to look after the child, which is hysterical because obviously he's not doing anything of the sort. And within the first uh-huh. 24 hours of her being in Portugal, she calls for the nighttime, like, good night to her baby call. Um, uh-huh. And then Nanny informs her that Michael is still not home and the baby's really tired and she has to put him down. So, my, like, the kid won't even have one parent there, basically, to put him to bed. And that just sends Ashley into a tailspin. Like, she's trying to call Michael. She can't reach him. It's like 7 p.m. or something or 7.11 p.m. because he's 11 minutes late home. Um, uh-huh. Why do I remember this shit? And the most important things of my life are just phew, gone from my brain immediately. <laughs> anyway, so he's 11 minutes home late um, and she fully freaks out and has a bit of a meltdown. And she's like, I need to go home. I just want to get out of here. I want to go home. Blah, 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 blah. 
And then finally gets him on the phone like 20 minutes later and he's like, can you just relax? Like I was in a meeting. Bullshit. Who's in a meeting at 7 p.m.? But anyway, he's like, I'm on my way home. It's not a big deal. She can just put him to bed. Like, I understand that you're upset because it's your child and you're not here. Blah, blah, blah. Like some very minimal, bare minimum, like appeasing of the wife kind of thing. Um, And then the next day she's like, oh, I totally overreacted. I'm so embarrassed. And Karen's like, did you... Did you ever react uh, or is this coming from a place where you know he's had indiscretions before? So you have like trust issues and you're worried about what he's doing. She's like, no, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't that at all. No, nothing. A very important detail of the phone conversation between Michael and Ashley when like, yes, he's only running like what, 11 minutes late or 20 minutes late home. And maybe yeah. he did have a meeting. I don't really trust him at all. But <laughs> the thing was that, Ashley's clearly upset and is in a different country and has a newborn child. And she's like, Michael, why aren't you at home? And then he turns on Ashley and he goes, mm-hmm. I, he says something like, I can't be molested like this. And you're just like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, what? Say that. And then he quickly turned from there. But that was, I remember that. What a fucking psychopath he is. He is raging. He's too much. All of them up, to be fair. Yeah. So definitely uh, most disappointing episode for 14 was um, taken out by Chris for not getting up from the recliner. So most useless man for episode 14, Chris. Mostly <laughs> useless man, once again, the reigning fucking champion was Michael in episode 15. Even though there was barely men in the episode, he still managed to take it out. Sorry. That's because he wasn't in episode 14, I don't think. That was all that really happened, though, so far. And then the next day they went on, like, they went on a very fun, like, I was about to say ski lift, but obviously there's no snow, like a big chair lift across Portugal. They went up and had cocktails in a very high mountain, and I got jealous, and I was like, I used to travel. Um, But they also bring up the Jamal and Giselle thing again. And then what did Giselle say to Karen? She was like, She's like, why don't you share with me things? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you never told me stuff about your marriage or whatever with Ray. And Karen's like, why would I tell him? No, hang on. The direct quote was, would you tell Satan all your business? <laughs> She's Satan. Giselle is Satan. She's a green-eyed fucking demon. Um, and Giselle pretty much was like, I am not Satan. I just bring things up that were in the Washington Post. Um, and it was very petty because those two are very petty. Um, but that was Potomac this week. I'm still, I'm still loving it. However, after last week's filler episode and this week's trip without Monique, which whatever, I understand why I am a little bit like, mm, the season took a turn from being less good than I thought it was going to be basically because you've got these two people who were just not talking to each other. And so the topic can never come up again or be resolved. And it's just going to be one of those things that is talked about constantly. Yeah. I feel like it's missing. And I know it's because of legal stuff now. They've sued each other. But it was missing an element of, like, actual drama between the two protagonists. Would you agree? Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, as Hannah said, those two are, Monique and Candace are the most likable, interesting Mm -hmm. people on this show. Well, from my perspective, anyway, I reckon they are. And I wish they would talk to each other. Please, come on. Fucking sit down and talk to each other. I don't think they have, though, until... So yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, they filmed the reunion for Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, uh-huh. And Andy Cohen posted on his stories and he was basically just like... 
That was the most intense, crazy, lit, dramatic reunion you could possibly imagine it was. They filmed for like 13 hours. He did look a bit messed up by the end of it, like bedraggled. And he said that he even got home and he couldn't sleep that night. (laughs) And then Monique replied to his story and she was like, I slept like a baby. And it was, I think, the first time the two of them were in the same room together since the incident. Oh, I can't wait. Fuck, I so can't wait. I actually just, I feel a bit like, like giddy. <laughs> Thought of yeah. watching it. I hope it's a four-parter. Probably won't be. I'm sure it'll be just three parts, but <laughs> we'll see. That's a lot. It's a All lot. All right. Can we please talk about Housewives of Salt Lake City now? We can absolutely talk about Housewives of Salt Lake City And let me just say, with the introduction of Salt Lake City and now the fifth season of Potomac, that's part of the reason why I'm ready to let go of OC and possibly even Beverly Hills, depending on what happens with the casting. Like, there's new franchises that are saving the franchise. You know what I mean? Uh Salt Lake City is one episode in, and I'm 100% convinced it's going to be amazing. Uh It is so good. It kicked off with a bang. Well, kind of. I don't really remember the names of anyone. (laughs) other than Heather which is yes she's long blonde hair and she has her own like cosmetic surgery practice and the parking in the like back of the practice is 15 minute Botox parking like there are actual signs Uh I'm Uh obsessed like I love that and then there's one called Whitney and she's got short hair and that's the only reason I remember her the rest are all white brunette women which is, is me so I'm not being like offensive and I can't remember any of their names (laughs) <laughs> so well no because we have i think and i'm not sure but i think we have our first polynesian housewife who is jen oh yeah the one that throws the party right yeah jen Shah, i think her name is um yeah. who is by far my favorite so <laughs> i loved her i am um, not surprised <laughs> 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 i just like everything that she said in this episode i was like that is ridiculous like what are you saying um in the first like 10 minutes of the episode she tells her child that you can get aids from kissing (laughs) which was like straight out the gate out of control um i was gonna say she what used she what her family was mormon because it's obviously in utah right so a lot of mormonism is the key theme she Uh converted to islam though for her husband i think Uh Is that her? Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So she converted to Islam because she she reckons she converted to Islam because of the race politics of Mormonism, which are notoriously hideous, of course. Hideous. And I think that we'll see a lot more of that, unfortunately, in this in this show. But I that is the nature of Mormonism and we shine we signed up for a reality show that has Mormons in it. So here we go. Um the com there was a lot of crazy conversations around like pioneer ancestors, which was super creepy. And I was like, white people really like tell you that their like great great granddaddy was like a key founder of Mormonism, but like, are like genocide is something that you should be passed by now. <laughs> like. <laughs> They are so out of control. And I just, I I was like watching this show and sometimes like from my perspective, like I'll watch a show that's located somewhere where I know there's like white settlers and indigenous people. And I was, think, I was thinking like, I wonder if like Native American people um, watch this show and are 
of even just like watch any episode of housewives on their various territories and are just like wow i can't believe <laughs> i can't <laughs> believe what we have suffered for these fucking people and then you have people being like anyway my pioneer ancestors like yeah <laughs> they're like mormon like descendancy like mormon i don't know what you would call this like mormon genealogy on this show is so crazy um because yeah. whitney is- as well right she was like her great great whatever was one of the fucking whatever grandfathers of the two founders of it is that a, is that what i'm saying yes i'm gonna say so many wrong details and she has since been excommunicated because she had a very illicit affair with a guy who's 18 years her senior at her work and she's now married him. So her and the husband have both been excommunicated. There's a lot of excommunicated Mormons or ex-Mormons on this show rather than Mormons necessarily. Um, I also found it really interesting that like they're like running this like Mormon beauty shop, which they serve alcohol at because Mormons don't drink. Yeah, but then Heather is like, they do though. You'll see the ones that are like in the corner having a little sippy sip or whatever and then pretending they don't. It's like a rogue version of it because Lisa has an alcohol company. Like Lisa and her husband have like four fucking tequila brands or something and I was like, you can't do that. (laughs) And she's like, people may be like, like other Mormons may be judging us, but I don't give a shit. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But you know, she's the kind of person that then will... I'm assuming a lot of people do this. They'll pick like one thing that they don't care about as part of their religion or beliefs. And then we'll hang their hat on something else that like to justify their shitty behavior or beliefs or something is usually my experience Uh with people who are extremely religious, but that's just me. Um, Also, Uh we have to talk about this. (laughs) I don't know if we're ready to talk about Mary. Are you ready to talk about Mary? Yeah. Let's talk about Mary. Mary is a Pentecostal pastor. No, she doesn't like that because it makes her feel like an old lady. She's the oh, first sorry. lady of the Pentecostal Church, whatever it's called. Right, yep. She, her grandmother was also, I believe, the first lady of the Pentecostal Church or something and was married to a gentleman. And then on her grandmother's deathbed, she, in her will, stipulated that I believe in order to get the wealth, whatever inherit. The whole family, I think, one of her granddaughters would have to marry her husband. So their step-grandfather, <laughs> essentially. Mary was the chosen one. Therefore, uh-huh. she has been married to her step-grandfather for 23 years and is the first lady of the church and seems to have inherited all the wealth because they stuck to the will, as was stipulated by her grandma. That was a lot. so much um all i want to say about mary on this particular issue is that that woman is not to be messed with like what she has obviously endured for her inheritance like that's a that is a really strong person like you do not want to mess with a person that has that level of like endurance and resilience and just like the just like the fierceness in this woman's eyes but also um, maybe a little bit of trauma because she would have been very young like there's pictures of her absolutely. like sat on his knee as a child like the trauma that that would have inflicted to then make that transition into that kind of like, or what she had to endure oh my god i don't know I, every time i think about it i'm like Whoa. 
Like, yeah, and I know that I know their step, blah blah blah. It's not blood, but that is the relationship that you have. Like, I because I saw the picture of her. I think as a little girl, like sitting on his knee. I was like, oh, she married that guy. She married that guy. She married that guy. He was a grandpa. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And like you know, when you say like endurance and like resilience and fierceness, like that is a that is a consequence of trauma. Like trauma doesn't yeah. just take away. Like it gives you, um, it gives you strength kind of as well. It, it fortifies you in a in a way that you know doesn't doesn't justify it happening to you doesn't isn't necess- make trauma positive but it does give as well as take from you so yeah absolutely and look i'm trying not to be too judgmental because like i recognize this is a culture that i don't understand um and maybe, I don't know, maybe in a way she was just, her grandmother was just trying to protect like their heritage, like, oh, sorry, when I say their heritage, I mean like their intergenerational wealth and like what they'd achieved as a family. Maybe it was a way of protecting that. I don't know. We don't, un- we don't know the grandmother's reasons, but nonetheless, it is hideoso. And <laughs> every time you say that word, I fucking die laughing. Like. <laughs> The, 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 oh, what do I call him? The step grandpa or the now husband. He said it was because his now departed wife wanted him to be looked after and one of her granddaughters would be the ones to do it. Anyway, well, that is what it is. I feel like we're going to see a lot from Mary. She was already a key plot point and she was only in the episode, like, sort of towards the end. But basically, one of her, she was friends with Jen. Jen? Yep. Um, and, a couple months earlier, I guess something happened in Jen. Suddenly her aunt was in hospital and she was visiting her for the week. And it was, you know, a very sad experience because her aunt had to have her two legs amputated. After spending a week with her family in the hospital, she went to see Mary or whatever for dinner or they were at a party. I'm not sure what it was. And Mary made a comment to someone about the fact that she smelled like a hospital. Um, and to her, that was, she said very triggering and just had some really dark experiences in hospitals and she was just like really put off by it. But this, you, this fact that she smelled like a hospital has become like a key problem in their relationship. Yeah. This scenario about the hospital smell, like this conversation that happened at Jen's party between Jen and Mary about the hospital smell incident was yeah. so wild, like was out the gate. One of the wildest conversations I've ever seen on Real Housewives. And also Mary goes like, being at a hospital is dark for me because I've had 12 surgeries to remove my odor glands. Like, why are you removing your odor glands? What are they? I don't know. (laughs) I assume glands that produce smell on your body. But maybe not. Like, maybe there was something wrong with them. But I was just like, what is the reason? <laughs> and why can you still smell the hospital if you've had 12 of those removed? What the oh my fuck? God. No, I don't, think the, I don't think the glands are for smelling. I think the glands are for making smell, if that makes sense. So she doesn't smell, like, when she sweats or something. Yeah, so people can't smell her. And also, um, Jen had Botox in her armpits to stop her sweating. And yeah. I was like, that is so bad for you. No, body. that's like a very common thing that celebrities do so they don't get sweat patches on the red carpet. I knew that about that one. That's It's really yeah, bad that I, I've become so desensitised to this shit because I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so bad for you. Is it? Yes, that's terrible oh, for you. Oh, okay. 
I don't know. And then another one was a Jen as well that she said she's kind of like the tester. She'll try everything. She even got in her kneecaps, like to not have wrinkly kneecaps. kneecaps. Yeah, she had like a thing on her kneecaps. (laughs) So bizarre. This is going to be a fun season. I'm already like learning things and like making note of stuff. Yeah. Can I just say like, I don't know if you watched Real Housewives of Sydney. Yeah. This I did. season is giving me Real, Real Housewives of Sydney Lisa vibes. Lisa Oldfield. This, this is giving me Lisa Oldfield yes. vibes. Like, what's her name? Um, Lavendi? Who's, who's Oh, Lavendi? Athena X. Athena X Lavendi. <laughs> like, this is the vibe that I'm getting from Salt Lake City. Same. I... I cannot wait. Like, I love those vibes i had the exact thought because one of them looks a little bit like lisa oldfield i think which is probably why it was in my head um and Uh immediately god that was they only had one season right Uh god fucking bring it back who was it oh it was nbc um anyway i was gonna say one more thing about salt lake city but i totally just forgot oh yeah um one of them she seems like an annoying kind of bitchy mean girl vibe i don't know her name I haven't learned uh-huh. it yet. It'll come. Lisa. Lisa. Was the one. She is... She said that she doesn't remember Heather because Heather was like, oh, yeah, I know her. We go way back. We went to high school together and college and blah, blah, blah. So I kind of sort of know her in my circle. And then Lisa was all like, I don't know who she is. <laughs> and everyone was like, that's kind of a bitchy thing to do when someone says that they're aware of you and you're like, no, I don't know her, which, you know, we know is, is a rude, shady thing. But then Lisa fucked up because she was like... Oh, at college she was known as like blah, blah blah blah, like the some kind of like wild party girl. I'm like, well then you did know who she was because you even know her nickname mm-hmm. and you even know stories about her. So you're a liar mm-hmm. because you knew her. Mm-hmm. Lisa straight out the gate, she's a bitch. Heather's Hate a her. bitch. Um, no, do you reckon? Yeah. Oh no, sorry, not Heather. Not Heather. Sorry. Who's the, the one. who's the one that looked Meredith. exactly like Lisa? Meredith. No, I don't mind Heather. Heather's okay so far. Um. Yeah. One. Lisa and Meredith, no, I don't, I don't fuck it's with them. Really, really, really bad vibes. And I think there's mm-hmm. always in the first season of Housewives or someone's first season, they're usually going to go through a divorce. It seems like her and her husband are going to be the couple already, just based off the previous yes. for the season. Meredith and her flower coffin, it was like a symbol for her dying relationships. <laughs> Which incidentally really did happen with Shannon Bedore and David, but they had an actual coffin um, for the, his infidelities. See, it's the coffin coming back again to signify the end. Um, yeah, it's kind of morbid, but I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that note, can't wait for the next episode of Salt Lake City, but shall we move on to the craft legacy? let's move on to the craft legacy so i was talking to hunter last week and she was basically like can you just do a new witchy movie like every week (laughs) can you just watch something witchy talk about that Mm -hmm. um so we both watched the craft legacy um i'm not gonna lie do i remember a lot of details about it no (laughs) also should we talk about like spoilers i guess so yeah so there's spoilers about this movie in this conversation so if you don't want to hear them peace out um, so the craft legacy is a remake basically, or what would you call it? No, you call it? not a uh, remake. It's, um, a, a sequel, a sequel to the 1996 film, the craft, which is perfect. Which, so why remake it? Obviously. Which was a fabulous movie. The best. Did you ever do light as a feather, stiff as a board with your friends growing up? Oh no, I didn't have friends. 
Oh. I did this to Kim the other day. I was like, have you ever done this? And she was like, why are you sticking your two fingers out like that? Like, that's what you have to do. You stick two fingers underneath someone and then you all say it and you like usually have candles and shit and then you try and lift them and they feel really light and it's like they float kind of thing. They don't actually float like in the craft, but honestly, we did it when I was like in year five or six, whatever. And I was like a witch early on with all my little friends um, and we all lifted each other up. It was amazing. Anyway, that's that the first is- one quite witchy um yes so that was the first one what what do you tell us your thoughts about the first one af because i know it's important to you what did you like about it okay what did i like about the first one i liked everything about the first one it was very came at a very pivotal moment for me like i said i was very young and my friends and i decided we were going to be witches we used to write down like all the spells from the movie into like a notebook um and like what it did and stuff i think we tried <laughs> i think we tried to use one of the spells from it that was like i bind you nancy i bind you for doing harm against yourself harm against others and harm against yourself you know that one uh-huh. where they did the spell against nancy yeah we did that against a bully at school she ended up moving schools uh-huh. i don't know if it was a coincidence or what but we were very early witches i just loved it i thought nancy was a full-on fucking weirdo i enjoyed seeing like it was just it was just magic. It was scary. It was creepy. But it was fun watching, like, four girls find their powers and take on horrible people and teach them lessons and get what they deserved until, you know, the end. Definitely. And I think, like, um, it was in the sort of stream of, like, Carrie, which is also another horror that relies on, like, this narrative of, like, the annoying, awkward girl sort mm. of getting angry and like getting her revenge which I loved about it as well um like that was the kind of scary thing it was like that girl that you know everyone thinks is like weird and messy and whatever like finally like gets her revenge on everyone and and that was cool like I loved that about the original same and there was also four of us in my little friendship group at the time we used to like watch it together and I'm not saying that we identified that heavily with it but maybe we did I think we even gave each other all the earth air wind water elements as well oh my god shout out to like Sophie Lily and Marina if they ever fucking listened to this that was I had such a fun stupid childhood because we were witches um so (laughs) so I really liked it I had like a very emotional nostalgic um attachment to it and I watch it every year um, if not more than once. So going into the craft legacy, I didn't really have high expectations. I had very low expectations because I was like, why has someone made this movie? <laughs> like, the other one was yeah. perfect. But I enjoyed it and it was a, like a bit more campy. It wasn't as scary, would you say? Yeah, it's definitely, I would say it's definitely not a horror. I would say it was, it's more of a supernatural comedy almost, would you say yeah. that? Yeah, I yeah. would say that. Um. um also, Michelle Monaghan's face didn't move very much, or she was always making the same face, so I found it very hard to engage. <laughs> she plays the mum of the yeah. um, one of the girls who's moving to a new town. I can't remember. The, I'm so bad. You're going to need to leave this discussion because there are a lot of details that are fuzzy for me. <laughs> yeah, hang on a second. So um, the main character in this one is Lily, who is played by Kaylee Spaney, who I've never seen before in my life. But, yes, Michelle Monaghan um, plays her mother in this. And Michelle Monaghan is Botoxed, but hot. Like I was quite gay for the mother in this film. I was like, damn. And then sort of David Duchovny enters the picture as 
Lily's stepdaddy and he is here. Why did you say stepdaddy? You're disgusting. <laughs> oh, so he's so <laughs> disgusting. Um, so like one criticism that I will give of this film is the screenplay is a wreck. Like, uh, wreck. The plot is so unclear. Um, okay. I thought, by... I thought that was just me. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I thought that was just no, me not following. No, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. So it was written by Zoe Lister-Jones, who I don't really know what else she writes for, but I think she writes for New Girl, which is that show with, um, I, I can never say her name. What's that girl's name? That Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel, where Zoe Deschanel is friends with three straight men for God knows what reason. Um, <laughs> and Cece. I like that show. Oh, Cece's hot. What's her name? Jamila El Jamil. Is that her name? No, she's in um, The Good Place and Annoying. Who's Cece in? Hannah something. Girl. Fuck, that's so racist of me that I mixed those two up. <laughs> I was going to say, but I let it go. Hannah Simone, I feel like her name is. Wow, okay. Hannah Simone, Hannah I was Simone. right. Yeah, fucking go me. Yeah, I love her. It's a funny show, yeah. shut up. Both Hannah Simone and... Jamila are super hot and I'm really, I really, sorry, Jamila Jamil and Hannah Simone, I just mixed them up and that was super racist of me and I publicly apologise and they're both super hot and I would gladly die for either of them. <laughs> um, so, oh, fuck, where are we at? Okay. So the writer Stanley. of New Girl is also wrote the screenplay to The Craft. Yes, yeah, she's a writer for New Girl, um, which is also a very poorly written show. Um <laughs> and this is equally as fucking poorly written it is all over the place however it is extremely enjoyable so lily moves to a new town with her mum she moves in with um her, the new guy that her mum's dating and his three sons um the three sons role in this film is unclear like it was almost like the three sons didn't even need to be in the film but they sort of did for the friendship with that other dude um sorry (laughs) with Timmy for their friendship with Timmy who is a key character um in the plot so Timmy is like originally a bully at school and then um he starts bullying Lily she's a new girl and then there Lily meets three other girls who she becomes friends with who are witches um it's super cute one of them is trans two of them are implied to be in a relationship um, it's quite yeah, gay. The film is right. quite gay. There's a lot of um, super feminist and gay references in this yeah. film. It kind of reminded me of The New Charmed. I enjoy fucking witchy shit where people, it's very self-referential and aware. I just enjoy it. It is. It's super self-referential. Um, so Timmy ends up getting a curse on him that actually turns him into um a super sweet person or like brings out the best in him basically and um timmy reveals that he is bisexual with one of the um brothers that lily lives with um bisexual with that's probably not the way to phrase it but he's bisexual and he has been with one of lily's stepbrothers but then lily gets a crush on him and basically everything goes to hell um And it's all David Duchovny's fault, which is unsurprising because fuck David Duchovny. <laughs> and his face is jacked as well. Oh, God, it was uncomfortable to watch. Oh, his Botox and that was re- a bit yeah. fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So David Duchovny's character in this, he's like a activist, right? Did you get that vibe? 
activist like a men's rights activist oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. so his whole thing is like he's like so both um lily's mom and him are psychologists but his thing is like he is a psychologist um with men like he does work with men and men's rights and masculinity and stuff like that which potentially was a really strong plot point and i wish that it had been executed well yeah like if Um, if you're gonna talk about toxic masculinity and someone wanting to unpack that as an issue in society fucking explore that but in the end it was just like i embody all those things Yes. So in the end, he's sort of like, it's like he were warlocks are activists, which I thought was a fucking hilarious turn of events. Um, It was like warlocks and activists and they hate witches because men's rights. And I was like, wow, that is hilarious. Um, I, yeah, it look, this movie was so bad and so good at the same time. Um, I sort of hated Lily. I sort of hated the main character. I couldn't really... I wasn't really engaging with her, but I also didn't want her to, like, die at the hands of David Duchovny. That was the only kind of tenuous link that I had relating to her character. Absolutely not. Um, But I loved her friends. So I loved um, Frankie, Tabby, and I think it was Lord is the other friend. They were great. They They were were the best part of this movie and they should have got more screen time, I thought. Yeah, because that, that was, okay, that's a good point. I think what was missing that for me specifically in the first movie is what drew me in so much was the relationship between the four girls. Like, that should have been the core of it the whole time, whereas I think so much was placed on the mum relationship and David Duchovny and the sons and Timmy, whereas even though you had, like, the skate old rich character or whatever in the first craft and the other, like, um, what's the word? <laughs> like... Oh fuck! The characters on the side, prolifer no prolifer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> supporting characters. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Um, the characters on the side they just come in and out, but it's always rooted in the fact of the relationship between the four girls and what they're doing and what they're going through. And I just didn't have that connection to these four girls. They weren't the heart of the movie. They were like, you know, a part of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And I felt like. You know, the movie ends with them on a united front against David Duchovny. Um, And I just feel like we didn't have the connection between them leading up to that point. Like, it started out really strong with that connection. um, But then it sort of just died out in favour of the relationship between Lily and Timmy. And I was just like, this is not important. (laughs) Like, this man is... Is significantly less important than her relationship with With these three girls. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So... Yeah, that was a shame. It was um, a shame. Um, but then it ended on a... Oh, sorry, can I talk about the ending? Do you reckon I'm going to give ending, it away? Yeah. So then Lily finds out her mum, Michelle Monaghan, is her adoptive mother and not her birth mother. Um, uh-huh. And, like, her records were sealed or whatever, and she finds out who her real mum is. Her, well, her birth mum, not her real mum. And goes to visit her and find out who she is. And she is um, in a, men, a mental, what, mental institution? Um, yeah, she's institutionalized. She's institutionalized, yeah. and the door opens. And I thought I had picked the ending, and I te- I remember I texted you. I was like, "Oh my god, I picked it. This is Sarah's birth daughter, or something, because she's a witch and she doesn't want her daughter to know she's a witch, whatever." And carry that on. But it wasn't fucking Sarah. It was fucking Nancy. Nancy kind of she just kind of turns around in the bed, and you're just like, oh, "When the fuck did Nancy have a kid?" And Lily is her birth daughter. Yes. And then it ends. 
<sighs> look, there wasn't enough leading up to this, I felt. There wasn't enough crumbs on the bread trail to the fact that Lily was Nancy's daughter. I sort of had guessed that she might be, but there wasn't enough to make it clear or interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It could have been really threaded through and like building to that, but it just sort of was like at the end, they were like, oh, you know what would make the movie interesting is if we made Nancy the mum. Definitely. Um, oh, wow. Look, this movie was absolutely a wreck and I have so many criticisms for it, but I absolutely loved it and I'll probably watch this movie annually. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'll watch the first craft and then I'll follow it up with this craft. Yes. Um, it was a beautiful tragedy. I, I like if the movie, the plot line was not actually a tragedy, but the delivery of the content was a train wreck and I loved it. I loved watching it. <laughs> I also love beautiful tragedies, clearly because this podcast is all about the Real Housewives. Um, so I will also be watching it, and I, I, I will oversee the fact that it wasn't perfect. And I just encourage people out there to keep making fucking witchy movies and content, and I'll still watch all of them. Keep happily. watching terrible witchy movies because we need them, and one yeah. day we'll get representation and a strong p- plot line, and it will be great glorious that will be the day yeah for um, sure. until then i'm happily gonna watch all the shit ones <laughs> yes hey have you seen the love witch yet what's the love witch okay i'm gonna send it to you and can we talk about it in one episode yeah that is it. a also terrible witchy movie why haven't you told me about it i have told you about it before but you forgot <laughs> I've been busy. <laughs> um, yeah, we can okay. absolutely do that. That sounds great. I encourage everyone else to listen to it also, to watch it also. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all I had to chat about as well. It's a very big week for Real Housewives. <laughs> that's all it I was. can really think about. I'm so happy by it. I'm so excited to transfer our energy to Salt Lake City from OC. Same. I'm Honestly. so glad we're letting go. Yeah. I feel like we're entering, we're exiting a bad relationship. Me too. I'm happy for us. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, onwards and upwards onto someone better. I mean, something better. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, on that note, have a great week and good morning. Good evening, Av. That was a long pause. Um, <laughs> bye. Bye. And as always, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for another week. Once again, if you have any questions for us, please submit them. You can slide into our DMs um, on Instagram or Facebook. You can just ask us whether it's about astrology or compatibility or something about us. Just let us know if you have any witchy content um, that you think we should watch. We would love to hear it. Um, And of course, as always, don't forget to donate to Radio Skid Row and be a good person and not garbage. And have a great week. Thanks.